are back. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Scott Trout, for Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I am very excited to be back with you all. You might not know this, but we've been taking just a little bit of a hiatus from recording. This is our first time back in a bit. Um, This is due to school season. Joe is in school. I'm working with students. uh, And so, yeah, we've been releasing episodes, but haven't been recording. It's now we're back. We're very excited. And we're here with uh, our new good friend, Stetta. And he'll introduce himself and we'll talk about how we know him. But we're very excited to bring this episode to you. We've been really enjoying doing this and hearing um, some feedback about previous episodes. We're actually even going to get into some of that today. Um, and that is the ultimate hope for this podcast, that we interview stories, we interview guests, but then we also hear from you, our community, and uh, that we, we start to promote dialogue. That's the idea of this podcast is we're promoting dialogue. So thanks for those of you out there who've been a part of that, and let's keep it going. So with all that said, um, <clears throat> we'd like to welcome Stetta. Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're it's, welcome. Uh, it's an honor. And then, of course, I cannot forget my partner in crime out here, my co-host. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, it's always good to have you here, and I'm very excited to keep recording with you. So, boys, let's do a little bit of the box ourselves in introduction, that what you believe in with a little bit of a qualifier. Um, I will start. Everyone, you are going to get used to these, but I try, to get, I try to change them up a little bit. I am a believer in Christianity who is trying to figure out how much free will and choice do I actually have in life? Hopefully that'll get answered. My God, that's, <laughs> that, that is one way to buck yourself in, man. <laughs> Joy, uh, since you talked, you're next. Um, no, uh, I am a, what they call unbeliever. <laughs> and I believe in everything that has to do with food. <laughs> Unpacking yours, Joey, would always be fun. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Okay. Dada? That's a, that's a very respectable uh, label you give yourself there. I like it. Um, I also would consider myself an unbeliever, a non-believer. Um, agnostic, maybe? That, um, yeah, that's fascinated and maybe a little bit obsessed with optimizing everything about my life and yeah Mm. i like that oh good i think we'll probably get into that too uh exciting well let's talk a little bit about our previous week um so (laughs) yeah we've got our our classic adjectives we've got exciting and uh, infuriating and embarrassing and so who would like to go first talking through their week i would like to go yes. it's uh it's been such a week no it's actually been a good week because it's officially autumn break so i have been sleeping in have not been doing anything with school just chilling <laughs> which is good and uh, i chose embarrassing 
because I am way too embarrassed to say that I have nothing exciting and nothing infuriating going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not have any stories whatsoever. <laughs> and that's very embarrassing for a podcast. Nice. That's a good way to get yourself out of this trilemma thing and, and make yourself <laughs> stuck on one. For me, mm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this is actually about my week, but it is something that I um, that struck me this week. I'm going for infuriating, um, and, and my whole week has definitely not been infuriating. <laughs> But it is something I noticed, and uh, I kind of worry this is getting real heavy, real fast. Like we had, we barely did our introductions. Totally go for it. <laughs> now the time. Already getting into uh, serious, serious topics. Like I uh, read a headline two days ago, um, and for a little bit of context for our international listeners. Uh, we have in the Netherlands a politician, his name is Geert Wilders, and he's known as a, a right-wing, uh, at the best of times, a right-wing, strong right-winger. Um, and he had a quote, they quoted him saying, as now with the second wave of the virus, uh, there's all these non-Western people in our hospitals, filling up our hospital beds. Hmm. Um, and the thing, there's two things infuriating about that. Like, it is sort of true. Like, factually, there is some truth that there's now non-Western people, but it's such a tiny slice of truth. Hmm. The real truth is what's happening now is the same thing that's happened internationally in the first wave and the second wave, um, poorest people get hit the hardest. Hmm. And it just happens to be that the poor people that are hit now are of non-Western background. Hmm. So by just saying there's these foreigners in our hospital beds, it gives a very weird perception of reality. And hmm. I find this properly, properly infuriating to mm. kind of distort the truth in that way. Mm. Man. Well, and even just this term non-Western, it's like, what does that mean? Is yeah. This, and, and uh, I mean, skin color thing. Is this a where you're from kind of thing? Is this yeah. A, and and uh, there's, it, it's could probably like a, be a third generation Turkish person mm. that mm. was basically born and raised here. Mm. Um, that, that could totally be the case. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so be before we continue, uh, someone's mic is doing a really weird, like, zooming sound. I know, it sounds like someone's <laughs> drilling. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's it's actual drilling. Oh, oh no. I think someone's yeah. drilling. It's so, a little, drilling. so a little heads up for the listeners. <laughs> you are yeah. listening Which, to drilling. This is um, a segue a segue into my, my week. Uh, Stata, thanks for sharing. And that is... It's, it's not heavy in a bad way. It's like an important thing yeah. to be talking about. And, oh, man, it's crazy how, you know, the coronavirus in so many different ways has brought out um, so many of these underlying 
issues just because uh, we, we're now confronted with a scarcity, scarcity of hospital beds, scarcity of um, ventilators, scarcity of information, scarcity of obviously a vaccine. And, and, um, and that creates, it can create fear, it can create anger, it can create misinformation. And oh man, it's, uh, it's hard waters to, to navigate for the government, obviously, and I feel for them. Um, but then also just as a, a little, a little guy in the world trying to figure out what to believe and what's true and who to trust. And um, yeah, we didn't mention this, but I'm, I'm talking here with two, two Dutchies uh, set us from the Netherlands as well. And um, yeah. And so it's, it's really interesting for me to be an expat, be from a different country, but here in the Netherlands, so I'm seeing how the Netherlands are doing things. And I'm also reflecting on how uh, America's doing things in my own country and, Oh man, it's not easy answers. And then of course, but the people want it to be easy answers. This was the wrong way. This is the right way. This is true. This is not true. Anyway, speaking of drilling <laughs> that we may or may not hear through the duration. Um, uh, so behind me, for those of you looking at the YouTube video, which we're still hoping to release those. Um, uh, I, have a, I have a funky looking wall and it looks like I've got two windows on the inside and you're like, what is that? It is because I, and mostly my friend Joel, are building a wall uh, for our baby. So this is gonna be baby room. Maybe I'll show you listeners. Well, that's the wall. And then to my left shoulder over here, the other wall, a little L shape. And um, yeah, building in Amsterdam is quite intense in that it's different than what I'm used to, but I'm not really used to much. I'm not much of a builder. But yeah, like, you know, I, on both my walls, I've got neighbors and, and top and ceiling, I've got neighbors and there's not this kind of like house is your own house and what you do in those walls, no one can hear. Um, so yeah, drilling, I, I wanted to let my neighbors know, hey, gonna be doing some things, gonna hear some stuff. And, uh, but my week has been exciting. It's actually been several weeks now because of this. It was a huge source of... Um, I don't know, anxiety, headache. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to build this and look into contractors and looking into where do I even buy things. And, um, and I'm really a uh, shout out to Joel. You've been a huge help to me. He literally dropped a little bomb. He's just like, oh yeah, you know, by the way, I, I was homeschooled. And as one of my classes, I, I built a house with my dad. And I was like, of course you did. And <laughs> why did you never tell me this earlier? Because that is really helpful. And yeah. So uh, this man sounds way overqualified to build yeah. a simple wall in your house, man. It's I was going to be YouTubing it up and just be like, I don't know. I'll start drilling. Here. Oh, man. Whatever you do in life, never YouTube how to build a wall if you never build a wall. <laughs> Some guy in New Mexico is going to be like, I'll show you how to build a wall. Um, anyway. Yes, it's been very exciting because it's coming together and I'm learning a ton. And I just feel like there's something really beautiful about working with my hands, working with another guy and learning from his expertise. And, um, and you know, maybe our daughter will never know what went into this wall. Maybe I'll tell her all the time. <laughs> hey, see that screw right there? I did that. Um, but it's really cool to just like build a safe place for her to thrive and grow and be safe. And yeah, it's very exciting. So that's me. That's my week. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it specifically, Stato, with your story. Going to be doing two parts here. First, just hearing 
Stata's story of belief, what he's gone through, what he's, what's changed along the way and where he's at now. And we'll have a part two where we dig into some of the bigger topics that either come up in this podcast or things that, that hit us off the cuff. So why don't you Ready. start us off with, um, give us a picture of what you were raised with, uh, your upbringing as far as religion, faith, spirituality. Mm, yeah. First off, I, I want to say like the, um, I really resonate with the, um, the goal and the aim of this podcast, just to start a conversation. And, um, and this is almost kind of like a, um, a social media buzzword, but it really is kind of crucial in, in any day and age. Um, and kind of see see behind your own bubble basically whatever that bubble may be and it's so rare to actually find some ideas outside of your own bubble hmm. um and on the one hand it's very easy you just turn on a podcast but on the other hand it doesn't happen naturally uh, so yeah i um it's it's about as good as a reason to start a podcast as i can imagine so uh yeah i'm, I'm totally down totally down with that Appreciate that. And for me, like, um, yeah, being raised when it comes to religion, it wasn't a topic at all. It was almost like a, a, a yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a topic. Um, I imagine, for instance, I thought of this in, 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 in preparation for this podcast, you, you have some thoughts. I had some thoughts. And um, like if I would tell my mom and dad right now, like, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've gotten into Christianity or I've turned Muslim or, or whatever, um, what their reaction would be. And I imagine they would be, well, at least my mom would be like skeptical. Oh, I was like, like, really? Are you, are you sure? How, how this, how did this happen? Hmm. Which is, which is fair enough in a way. Like you, I'm, I'm 35, 36 now. Um, <laughs> so, so it is a bit of a, a uh, an unusual uh, corner to take. It would be an unusual corner to take. So in that sense, but um, I don't think they would be strongly opposed to it or something. They would, yeah, maybe not be explicitly supportive, but just like, well, okay, this is this is your thing, I guess now, um, and maybe yeah, but yeah, and in that sense, I didn't feel like it was. Um, I didn't feel like it was a foregone conclusion, but it, it never came up, basically. Hmm. Um, we had, like, um, some classes in school that taught us about religion and how to, yeah, how to, to think about the different perspectives of, of religion. And I think there was some kind of class discussion with actual pupils, my classmates that had a different faith. Hmm. Um, but that wasn't 
transformative or anything. It was just kind of, yeah, right. information. Just almost like a survey. Here's, here's what different people believe kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll discuss sure. it on like an idea level. Yeah. And of course, there were some classmates that had different perspectives, um, but that fit very well. Uh, that fit into the discussion quite neatly. Like, mm. yeah, I wasn't like, well, um, some in-depth sampling of perspectives. Sort of thing. Hmm. So then um, if you reflect back on just like how your parents taught you how to see the world um because this is you know one of the it may be byproducts or or the central point of religion it's um you you kind of have a label but but there's also an, an overlay of this is how you see the world and this is how humans came to be and this is why we're on the earth and this is how we should treat each other and this is how you can figure out what is true what is not true and yeah so different things like that what were some of the standout um lessons that you feel like you learned on how to see the world hmm. Yeah, I find it's quite hard to distinguish. I, I have very few um, distinct memories that stand out that really are about. I imagine, I mean, I see the world in a separate way, and I'm definitely not self-taught from five years old or something. So, yeah. uh, but it's, it's hard to, for me, it's hard to... Um, find sort of the tipping point moments where this worldview came came to be hmm. so i imagine it was very subtle in a way um and it has to have been there for sure hmm. um and, and i do take pride in being self-taught in many things but i'm really sure that didn't start from the womb so that's um hmm. Hmm. I wonder too, even how you started with your introduction, um, this mm -hmm. idea of self-betterment, that mm -hmm. um, interested, but even potentially obsessed, mm -hmm. uh, what were some of the, the influences that created that uh, drive for you? Yeah, good question. Um, and on the one hand, I, I'm kind of opposed to overly psychologizing the past like it was your mom at age five that did this and then now you turn out to be a carpenter i i don't really i i feel that's very overly overanalyzed and and kind of doesn't do justice to the complexity of the of the actual situation um and the diversity of influence that actually played a factor and to pin it down to that thing it might just be the straw that broke the camel's back or the uh, for sure. yeah so um for for itself yeah well it's probably if i have to point to one thing it's probably the kind of self-reliance uh was a uh, quite a an emphasis not a, not a really explicit emphasis maybe um, but an implicit em emphasis on um, yeah, self-reliance and figuring things out for yourself and doing, doing things for yourself, making things happen for yourself. Um, and yeah, getting, getting your stuff done. Hmm. Um, and I imagine that that kind of played a role as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really doesn't seem agree. like. Yeah, go ahead. No, I I wanted to say like I really like your analogy that you just made, like uh, by psychological background because I kind of really feel like that is mostly a big part. But the one you made like oh because of age five now you because something your mom did now you're a carpenter and I'm just imagining you just fixing floors all the time. <laughs> like that plays a That's... big role, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I it, I think there's it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint like because this thing happened then yeah. or I, um but there is definitely maybe they're maybe they're unexamined but there's definitely messages um e- even simple things like um <clears throat> well yeah, I mean self-reliance that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if um yeah, there's the message that like uh you you the the um you impact your the change that you want to see yeah yeah, and wait for anyone else to do it um we're not going to do it as parents and so um you decide who you want to be and and how you treat people and um Mm -hmm. if there's something that's not going right yeah you have to be the one that kind of figures that out and and comes the way forward yeah 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 i'm sure that's that's had an impact uh, and I'm sure it wasn't the only thing, but yeah, for, mm. sure. for sure. So then um, you said something about skepticism. So was there a general um, sense in the home of like, religions are, are kind of for other people. There's the Christian mm. folks. That's a mosque. That's where people who believe in Islam worship. This is a, a synagogue. I don't know. Maybe they pointed all the things. Um, but then uh, was it more just like an emphasis on um rationalism, materialism, potentially like the scientific method. This is the, the way we know what is true is by what science has taught us um, versus something that's supernatural. Mm-hmm. Was there, was there a skepticism of the supernatural within your upbringing? Again, I, I don't recall any explicit, but I imagine there, there was, this for instance, almost no superstitions or, or, mm. or things in my in my household. Like, um, um, and I imagine I don't recall any conversations, but I can imagine uh, maybe my mom being a bit cynical about uh, some superstitions or something, or mm. like uh, uh, or supernatural things. So um, I mentioned some some subtle things like that. And, and maybe a slight aversion of um, yeah some I, I, and and it's, again I don't recall but maybe I can imagine some some aversion to um, some of the tenets of religion for instance when uh, people attribute very significant significant things to a god or to divine intervention or something mm-hmm. um, and it might have been kind of scoffed at or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah almost seem like they're abdicating certain responsibilities that they yeah. should be taking for their own life to yeah. the, oh it's like god's will or yeah like, no you made that choice like, yeah or or, or something yeah exactly exactly over spiritualizing it potentially or something like that yeah, yeah. i could imagine some being some aversion to to that and uh, and if there had been, then I definitely took to that. I I, I resonate with that. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Cool. And, and of course, the 
the responsibility of that shit is is a big pet peeve of mine where where I see this um, yeah kind of relinquish relinquishing responsibility to either the general outside world or more specifically a deity or, or yeah. some kind of outside force and uh, yeah that kind of kind of can kind of uh, annoy me at times if I I sense it. And describe that. Why, why is that annoying? Figuring out someone's pet peeve, that's always clarifying. Sure. But, so keep going into that. Why, why does that irk you? Hmm. It's, it seems to me like um, such a dead end of... Um, it basically puts your... It feels to me like you're putting yourself in a corner where you have very little other choice than to just sit back. And in all my limited life experience and the kind of experiences I've read or heard about for other people, that's definitely not the way to go in my experience. Like more action, taking more action is almost always giving you a better outcome. And of course you can make mistakes, but you can also work to correct the mistakes. Um, and doing, yeah, relinquishing this responsibility basically does the opposite. It pushes you in a direction of being passive and even worse, being helpless and feeling helpless. And that's some next level where you don't even, you don't even feel like you could do something. And that's like another, another level of, um, of inaction, basically, mm. that you're you're in a room and you don't even see the room has a door. So why you're not even gonna go look for it? So mm. you're even one step further away from from taking action and and yeah, making it happen. Mm. Yeah. But one thing fascinated me because you introduce yourself as agnostic, and mm. I'm agnostic as well. But do uh, do you believe in some kind of force right now or? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not even force, maybe a form <laughs> of God or something similar to that. I, I don't think you can call yourself agnostic if that were the case, if you're really going to be really specific about what the word means. Um, I think being agnostic is um, the, I, would, I was going to say the polite position to take, and I'm not sure how I thought of polite, but it is like, I think it's the humble position to take. Like, hmm. um, and and I don't feel particularly humble when saying this, which is kind of an interesting contradiction. Um, but it is saying I'm not 100% sure what's going on in that field. There are many options, and I do, and I do have a tendency to be more atheist in a way. Like I. But it seems like a pretty st strong position to, to take. Um, so, but if, I, I think for me, that is sort of, uh, if you ask the man on the street to describe my position, he would probably say atheist. And yeah, uh, I think being agnostic is just also adding like, I have these strong intuitions and that I claim I can underpin with these and these reasons, 
But in the very end, I'm not totally sure. So I say I don't know for sure. It sounds like you feel like that it's a, how do you say that? A, a, a small position to take uh, in a fast universe to say there's no God, but you will not follow a belief. That's more what you're saying. Like it's too fast and too big to say like, oh, it's created out of nothing. But at the same time, you cannot really acknowledge the existence of a force that made it. Well, yeah, some things I resonate with and other way, other things kind of scratch another pet peeve of mine. Uh, this is great. <laughs> go to that. <laughs> so definitely go to that. Like them. Um, let's go straight into the pet peeve and see how it applies here. It is, it is what I hear in kind of um, people that, for instance, say they're either spiritual or, or even call themselves religions, and they do this with, with the following words. They say, the universe is so big, uh, usually in combination with, a, I think I've heard Joey say this in a previous uh, episode even, maybe the, one of the first episodes, like the universe is so big, and uh, it would be such so sad if this life is the only life we get, there has to be something out there. And to me, this reeks of very sloppy kind of reasoning, and I don't mean to offend you. Get him, get him. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but, but this is, uh, and, and, and the sloppy reasoning is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, so uh, it's like saying, I don't know what's out there. And then you kind of interject your own, and then you make the conclusion, well, anything goes. Mm. No, no, no. You're saying the universe is big, there's lots of options, and is something totally different than just inserting your own favorite kind of theory in place. Uh, you should you, you should stay at your at the actual boundary, like you, you say the universe is big and there's lots of options and that's it. And that doesn't mean, well, there has to be something. And then usually interjecting your own force or whatever or whatever. I, I think that's, that doesn't, that doesn't fly for me. So, yeah. Mm. And I, I heard a few things in the sentence you, you just said as well. And other things I, I totally resonate with and other things that kind of gave me a, a little taste in my mouth of what I just described. <laughs> oh no, he just vomited. <laughs> he just vomited <laughs> like a little bit in his mouth, Joey. <laughs> um, Joey, do you have a rebuttal? Do you have any thoughts on what you mean by agnosticism? Uh, no, I, I totally get what Stereo is saying because at, at one point it's like, yeah, of course, there, there's a... Uh, is there, the, the, the thing that resonates most with me is, uh, or resonates, it's the thing you say about boundaries, like staying with a certain boundary. I feel like that is the whole specific thing about belief. Is like, if you take a boundary and you say, this is it, like, it's a fast universe, but if we die, it's over. Like, that's a boundary that we should follow, technically speaking, because we don't know anything else. But there's also the option that that is not it. And that's something that, that keeps hopping up in, in my mind all the time. Like, is it it? Or is it a boundary 
do we need to take everything in or is there a, another life or is there another option? So I, I totally get what you're saying. Like it's very contradicting to say like, oh, the universe is fast, so there should be more. And then it ends up that it's all empty rocks in space because that option is totally there. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, go for it. Let, let, me, let me go for the, I just realized there's a second half to my pet peeve. Yes, I've got <laughs> go for the kill. Go for, go for, go. I'm pet peeving today, yay. <laughs> go for the kill. And the, um, let me see if I can make this, can kind of wrap my head around this. The, um, the, the, you said empty rocks, yeah, that that was that was my trigger. <laughs> I have an empty rock for you now. Um, no, once you you say like once you die, there's nothing, and that's it. And I think I've heard you, Joey, say on on the previous episode, like, yeah, that's that's so depressing. But is it? That's that's your interpretation. Hmm. Like, I can imagine, and I read and spoken to people that find that like exhilarating like this is your one to quote eminem this is your one shot your one opportunity <laughs> are you gonna take it or let it slip away? yeah exactly um so so and then the and then the fact that it would be depressing would also serve a sort of an underpinning for though there has to be it can, the universe can't be depressing there has to be something i, I strongly oppose that idea basically this is like uh, your your wish for a happy ending and then projecting this on a universe that has nothing to do with you potentially hmm. um yeah this is yeah peppy part two mm-hmm. yeah no you know what i totally get what you're saying because if you live a full life and you take everything out of that, that that should be good enough. I totally get it. Uh, The reason I said it in the previous episode, and I recall very specifically, like giving the example for babies that are stillborn or people that die very young. That's why it was depressing to me because there's so many people in this world that don't get a chance. For sure. So if, if so, if it's nothing, that's that is sad. But if you get a full life, no, that that I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and whether it's sad or not, in both cases, is not a reason. At least for me, and I, I, I feel so strongly about it that I would say it shouldn't be a reason to support your theory about the universe your sense of justice or injustice might very well and i think very likely have nothing to do with the universe all things we know about the universe is as far as i'm aware points to does it doesn't give a fuck about justice yeah or right or wrong so yeah exactly Mm. Uh, it's good. good to get this happy <laughs> part one too off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is so good and this is really fun. Um, yeah, I love even, I mean, this just this shows how inadequate labels can be, which is why it's kind of fun to have people label themselves in the beginning and then yeah. we kind of unpack it. Because you can both 
say agnostic and have yeah totally well not totally different but just different ways of seeing that um and this is totally going to lead into this idea of determinism mm -hmm. that we are uh might get into this podcast in this episode or, or later but um how much control do we have in this life and how much does the universe care about us but then right now what we're seeing is it's really easy for us to have what we see what we can see about the universe and we are so um finite we're so small in the grand scheme of things we are like a dust on dust we're so tiny and and yet we as humans have these constructs of fairness and uh yeah righteousness justice justice yeah. what i what i deserve and we can and and then we kind of judge the universe by saying this person was taken too soon or this person's cards were sucky and it's not fair or it's me it's not fair what i've been given uh what life has dealt me yeah. my shit hand and, um, and and the opposite like there are people that we judge to be morally awful and they seem to get a great hand yeah it totally. goes both ways yeah, yeah. And, and so it's interesting, Seth, I don't know if this is what you're saying to Joey, and I don't know, Joey, if you, you can see this, but it's the, okay, wait, so some context, I used to work at Oregon State, and I would do these surveys with students. I did nearly, I don't even know, 300 to 400 of these, just me interviewing individual, individual students, strangers coming up. I'd ask the same questions, five questions that um, wrap up someone's worldview. So it's like, where did humans come from? Like, how did we get here? Uh, why are we here? Purpose. Um, what's the world's greatest problem? What's the solution to the world's greatest problem? And what happens to us when we die? So I'd ask these over and over and over and over again. It was really interesting to see majority of students said we are here because of evolution and kind of aligning themselves with a scientific um, evolutionary progression of how we evolved. And um, there's nothing supernatural happening. It was just uh, genetic mutations evolving over time. So very like rationalism, hypothetically there. And, and then kind of if they were intellectually honest, the purpose they would hit with like, there is no purpose because it's random. But and then all the way at the end, so they'd kind of say, yeah, I'm this, I'm this rational person and I believe in evolution. And it's kind of what, what we see is what we get. And then we'd come to the destiny part, what happens when we die. And they would uh, majority of the time say, uh, probably nothing, but I'm hoping or, but I, but I'm, yeah, I'm wishing that there's something more, that there's heaven that there. This isn't just the end. And, and so that's kind of the contradiction that often happens. It's like wanting to be someone who just sees the world for what you see it as, um, randomness, mm -hmm. uh, insignificance, and yet something in us that longs for significance, for, um, orderliness, for a sense of yeah, fairness, justice. Um, karma is you know, another kind of thing that people long for because like you're saying, it's a sucky feeling to think that the world, that the universe doesn't care about us and, and there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, for me, like the, what was the second question you asked them? Well, wait. Out, out and, of what the, I just said? Yeah, yeah, at the survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the survey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
because I think I just rambled. I don't even know if I asked a question. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, so it was, where did we come from and why are yeah. we here? Yeah, yeah, the why are we here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for me, mm, if you'd ask that question to me, um, I would, for me, I would go to, I would, I would probably ask you what you meant and you'd probably say something well that's up to you or something and, the, and i would be still at the same place but <laughs> for me it's clear that there's two answers like oh, the why can apply to at least two clear fields like the universal why and the personal why and i think they're all very fair interpretations of the questions like why are we here in the universal sense um would would be the answer you just described earlier like there's no real thing we just came here because of uh, uh, because of evolution but the personal why is individual and it can be um to fulfill my purpose or something or uh, it can be a personal why and i think that personal why can be aligned with the very last question you talked about, the the wishing for something bigger, and I imagine if you, um, I imagine these two kind of interact, and how you answer the one, and actually see that there is a a personal why, also changes how you see and answer the last question. Yeah, um, I think these are two are very closely connected. Mm. Do you have an example of how you would see the connection or how someone might answer that, that you see them connected or even yeah, for if yourself? You, if you, yeah. If you, I mentioned if you answer with um, a more personal why, for instance, like uh, I, I don't think I have a, um, a great personal overarching goal for my life, but I can mention like, make, let's make it easy. A very stereotypical, driven person that's maybe a professional athlete like very gifted or like a, a very talented musician that can he or she can have a more i, I imagine uh, a more uh, clearly defined why like um i i'm here to play the violin to the best of my abilities to bring joy to as many people as i can and to move them uh, for as long as i can very very clear why personal why Still not a universal why. The universe doesn't give a shit about violin, uh, <laughs> I, I imagine. Um, and do you? And I imagine there would be a different view on the final question, like um, uh, which which was the kind of where do you think we're going when we die? Yeah, where do you think we're going when we or die? What happens to us when we die? Yeah. Um, I imagine you could still have like hopes for what would happen, but I imagine you could also have like, well, if you do believe, like Eminem believes, that this was where your one shot and one opportunity to play the violin, then you, um, then you maybe feel more satisfied that you did this and you you made the most of it, or at least to how you were capable of making the most of it. Yeah. Hmm. 
And it could still hope for an afterlife. Um, and it is kind of nice. I, I do have a strong intuition that the, um, that much of religion is kind of based from this hope of something more. Mm. Um, to hope, the hope for a happy ending in some way, whatever that means to you, whether it be just happiness or justice or all of the above. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have a I have a strong intuition that's kind of at the base of, of many of uh, the the religious intuitions and kind of um, structures we've we've seen over the ages, basically. Hmm. I find your why very interesting, like why we're here, because I interpret that uh, way, way smaller because uh, um, as someone that had dealt with depression and, and meeting uh, a lot of people that helped me out of that, it's mm -hmm. like maybe their purpose and not their complete purpose, but their, a part of their purpose is to get certain people out of that slump to, to <laughs> help certain to help certain people. Like it's not their only goal in life and not their only reason they're on this planet, but probably part of it. I feel like you can define it in very small uh, ways to either help people or like what you said, to find a talent and to do something with that talent. Mm -hmm. Like it really depends on the, perp uh, on the person and the purpose, uh, what they're doing with their life. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I do think there's something elegant about um, kind of keeping it small. Um, and um, yeah, not being overly dramatic with this. And I, I, I while talking about this, I also kind of had the realization of um, how culturally dependent this personal why would be. If you'd ask someone from uh, the Middle East, uh, they'd probably have a stronger emphasis on uh, maybe family values uh, or community values, um, and I'm, I know some very, very Western. I give a very Western uh, about about uh, talents and skills and, and development, and it's a very Western kind of style of answering. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting how that goes. If you if you bring it down, how how closer it comes to uh, cultural values and, and personal values. Hmm. How would each of you um, answer that, the, the personal, why are you here? That you kind of already jumped on it, even in your introduction, but this idea of self-betterment, do you feel like that's wrapped up in, in yours? You're asking me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer that, that part mm, yeah, yeah, I also feel like I don't, um, in my mind, in an ideal world, if you know your purpose, you will also get motivation and drive from that purpose. Totally. Um, I'm not. I, I don't think this is a universal law. That's how. Just how I picture the mind of someone uh, who, who has this figured out. And I don't think there's a necessary rule that this is the case. Um, so in that sense, I don't feel like I have a drive in that way. Um, so in that way, I would say I don't have such a clear picture. But for me. It is a it is a strong drive to to try to improve myself and my surroundings and kind of um, build a bigger base, um, where, which also happens to 
um, support the people around me. Hmm. So, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's like an idea of bettering yourself, but as well as bettering those around you, kind of yeah. concentric circles that reach, uh, obviously, you and um, your significant other, yeah. but then your family and but the neighbors or friends or, yeah, like yeah. the network. Um, and of course, it's it's easier and easier to have farther reach to these days. Like uh, if you write an amazing article, then that can be spread to dozens of communities. It's not necessarily a concentric circle. Like it's not the next layer up. It's just a whole different blob of people somewhere else that might get inspired by this. Totally. Um, and, and a podcast like this is for yeah. a great example. Yeah. I'm already feeling that in a, on a microcosm level where, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm grateful for Facebook as much as I bash it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, because I put this out there, uh, a friend, um, who, who I grew up with. I mean, we went on retreats together and, and adventures through our church together. And we like went through, um, church youth groups. So as I don't even know, probably 11, 11, 12 year olds on into through to 18 and kept uh, kept a friendship, but then also just in different worlds. But we, we came back together through this because he's like, Hey, I'm listening, really enjoyed it. Wow. Would love to uh, talk with you about it. I've actually been kind of re-engaging with my uh, sense of faith and I'd love to maybe be a guest. And, and I've gotten that now from him, but also a former teacher. She's like, I can really relate to this whole in between theater and religion. Um, so you two, you know who you are. Maybe we'll try to have you on. Um, but like, how cool is that? And I was just really humbled. I was like something I wasn't anticipating, but yeah. that dialogues here creates dialogues here and helps yeah. people to find a space to keep yeah, sharing and, and processing. I was like, that is so cool. I yeah. Mean, that's amazing. That, that potential. Um, that is really cool. Joey, how would you answer that, that idea of what's your personal purpose? It's okay. If it's not like, you know, this doesn't need to be something that you nail yourself into for the rest of it, but like what gives you purpose Today. Oh man, if, if I if I have to be honest, like the only thing, it's the one thing I want to let go of completely because it's been hindering my whole life. But it's also the one thing that I keep finding myself into. It's the role of helping everyone around me with whatever happens. Hmm. It's It's one of the biggest hindrances because the only thing you do with your life is trying to help everyone. Like someone comes up to you and you're like, okay, how can I help you? Even though you don't have the power to help this person. Like for example, uh, like I just said, like in the depressing part, like me and my best friend, uh, we met through therapy and we've been trauma bonding as they say on Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> and but we, we're still very good friends and, we're, and we help each other from time to time and that's a good thing. But I do that with everyone around me and I feel like that has beca- become my purpose, so to speak, in a way. But it's also very sad because my purpose is linked to everyone else. Mm. So if, if, if I can't help anyone, I, I feel I, I am honestly a bit down if I can't help other people. Mm. So at the same time, I feel like it's a good thing that if I might maybe find a job that, that connects to that. But mm. I also feel like I need to find another type of purpose so that it's more uh, self-fulfilling and not uh, constantly waiting for other people to fulfill that that need or mm. purpose. Man, that's good. Thanks for your honesty, Joey. Yeah, I really, yeah, I like what you said there. And I, and it's cool that you have the awareness of this is something that's very noble, but can be self-destructive because yeah. it eats itself. It constantly needs. And so without a, a knowledge of capacity, what capacity do I have to give while still 
self-preservation, you know, preserving me and my energy and my time and not just giving, giving, giving to the point where I come up empty. And then once you're empty, you can hit resentment. You can be like, F the world. You're like, you know, you just hold up and you're just like anime only. Um, and hey, 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 hey. <laughs> sorry, too close. Now. Um, but that's great. So it's almost like more awareness on your capacity actually helps you help people better as opposed to the seemingly noble idea of just helping. Um, so it sounds like you're already yeah, growing in that way. Um, yeah. And it's, it's actually funny because this realization also made me a way better listener. A good example is yesterday evening, I had this conversation with this friend and she was very depressed because of the whole Corona situation. Uh, felt like there's no horizon at the moment. Everything's down, everything's bad. Hmm. And no normally what I would do if I, if I listen to that situation, I, mean, I feel like maybe a year back, I would reflect that and be like, yeah, I feel the same and give examples. Mm -hmm. And what I do now is I, I let her rent and then I jump in like, yeah, it's, it's okay for you to feel that. So I acknowledge her before I jump in myself. Dude. And I feel like getting the knowledge of um, what you just said, like get, getting the knowledge of uh, why it's a good and bad thing that also teaches you how to deal with it better. Hmm. Yeah, not taking on their, their burdens or their pain or letting them be a safe place to listen, but then not just getting dragged down with them potentially. Yeah. Whoa, abrupt ending. Hello there, Scott Trout here. Uh, that was an abrupt ending. It's because I cut some sort of recording into bite-sized chunks. So there you go. There you have it. If you liked what you just were hearing and you want to hear more, there's another part. Go listen to it. I'm going to start doing this a little bit more to break these uh, longer Zoom recordings that we're doing into bite-sized chunks. So get on out there and keep listening.